Welcome to our Sales Boost Podcast, where you will learn how to build your personal brand and your career in business through thought leader insights and experiences. We're so excited to share stories and learning moments from experts in the industry, including our Sales Boost team, to help you both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Andrea Christofferson, Chief Engagement and Innovation Officer with Sales Boost. The focus of this podcast is all about helping others reach their greatest potential and boosting confidence, performance, and most importantly, results. Today's interview is with Kathy Kirsten, a Gallup certified strengths coach and engagement and culture strategist. Kathy is the owner of Kirsten Consulting and has worked with over 70 organizations in the U.S., U.K., and Mexico. She is a master at helping individuals, teams, and entire organizations align their talents and strengths to achieve peak performance. And Kathy is the host of her very own podcast, Obey Your Strengths. We were thrilled to have Kathy as a guest and believe you'll find this podcast exactly what you need, strength boosting. So let's go. All right. Welcome, everyone, to our Sales Boost podcast. Today, super excited about our guest. Actually, I'm a huge fan of our podcast guest today, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, Kathy Kirsten. Yay! Yay! Hi, Andrea and the Sales Boost podcast audience. Good morning. We are so thrilled to have you as our guest and a super huge fan. I would Aww. say, Kathy, we've known each other now for, I want to say, going on three years, perhaps. I think so, yep. And we first had the opportunity for our introduction at an original Sales Boost team outing, and you were working with us as, if you will, an executive coach. Right. And um, you by virtue of that, have become our Sales Boost coach, our Sales Boost Strength Finders coach. And uh, you certainly work with us as a team, but you also work with us as an individual and um, working on our strengths. So it's so wonderful to have you here. You've got a lot of really good stuff to say, and we're just going to get right into it. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. I have enjoyed working with Sales Boost for the last few years. It's been fun to watch this organization grow and introduce new a new training platform to the world and launch your dreams. I love working with Greta as the CEO and all of you within Sales Boost as you put your strengths to work. So let's talk about strengths today, Andrea, or, you know, wherever you want to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, certainly. Yes, and our, our CEO and founder, Greta Brooks, introduced you to us and to Sales Boost. And so what we want to do is really talk about your background first. How did you get to where you are today? If you could let the listeners know a bit about how you've grown into strengths as well. Awesome. Okay. So I learned about the strengths program when I joined a startup technology firm in San Antonio, Texas called Rackspace Hosting. And that's when I discovered my top five strengths. And I spent a couple of years in the customer service uh, segment at Rackspace before I moved to the training and development team known as Rackspace University. And I actually wore the hat of being a strengths finder trainer to this growing organization and helped them embed the language of human talent within every aspect of the employee life cycle. And then about Seven years after being there at Rackspace, I stepped out on my own as an independent coach to to, uh, help other organizations embrace human talent. And one framework we're using is the Strengths Finder Assessment. So that's how I got started in in my early days. But I want to tell you a story about discovering my strengths uh, that I, I love to tell because some people take an assessment. Matter of fact, 21 million people have taken StrengthsFinder and not 21 million people are have turned into the biggest strength geeks like I have because at first when I took my assessment, I wasn't that impressed with my top five. My, my top five strengths are strategic input learner. Basically, that means I'm a bookworm. 
belief and maximizer. And I really didn't think there was, I didn't really like get the whole idea about strengths until I went and sat in a room with a bunch of system administrators and salespeople. And I was an account manager at the time. And we made up a team together who we spent more than 40 hours a week with. And I heard them talk about their own strengths. And I realized, oh, this is why we fascinate each other. And this is why we frustrate each other. (laughs) And so that's where my love of the strengths language really came to be in realizing, man, I am a unique individual. And not everyone sees the world through the same lens that I do. And I definitely do see the lens through other people. And that was really where my curiosity of strengths and people's talents really began. So it's back to that time. And I want to say that was probably in 2006. So it's been a while now. So that was your aha moment to really dig deeper and really investigate your strengths. And so real quick, repeat your top five strengths for me. You bet. You bet. So the Gallup Strengths Finder has 34 strengths. And when you take the assessment, there's 34 different themes of talent that you could have. And my top five are strategic, which means I ask what if a lot and I am a possibility thinker. Uh, I like to see the big picture. Uh, My second one is input. And that just in really the the strength of input means I'm a collector. So I love to take in lots of resources. Um, I'm, I'm inquisitive about life and about lots of different things. Uh, learner is number three, which means that I love challenges. And I love taking on things that require me to learn. Learning is a journey, not, not necessarily like a destination, but it's really a journey for me. Uh, belief is number four. And belief means that I have certain core values and it's probably one of my most, it's probably the most impactful strength of my life. And we can talk about that if we want to, but belief helps me realize how I need to live on the outside, what I feel is important on the inside. So I can't have any dissonance in that. Um, And then there's number five is maximizer. And I'm actually, you guys can't see us because we're on podcast, but I'm wearing a maximizer t-shirt today. (laughs) because <laughs> I have maximizer written on it uh, because it's I joke that it's a warning label to others like are you ready to be maximized because maximization just means I always see room for improvement I have an innate talent to take things from good to great uh, which also means I'm never settled with what I'm doing and always wanting to grow and always wanting to get a little bit better. That's, that's typical maximizer. So those are my top five, Andrea. I am so glad that you went through that journey with us. And it's fascinating to hear you talk about them. You're so ingrained into what these strengths mean. And when you talked about your top five, a lot of individuals from the coaching world they use different resources to help with that coaching, whether it's for teams or individuals. But why Strength Finders for you? I know that it was one that you sort of grew into when you were with Rackspace, but why Strength Finders and why do you think that it is a powerful coaching tool beyond others? Oh, that's such a great question. Yes, and there are so many tools out there. And I would say that much of it is because it's my um, native language of human talent since I grew up in a strengths-based organization like Rackspace where everyone knew it and I was surrounded by people who embraced their strengths and we, I understood all 34. But I would say the reason I have stuck with it against lots of reasons not to do it, right? I mean, I've made this choice to, to not just stick with StrengthsFinder, but then to iterate on it with my own podcast and with my own content and that kind of thing. It's because I love how StrengthsFinder allows us, or it's also called Clifton Strengths, kind of a brand re, rebrand, but most of us call it StrengthsFinder from the book StrengthsFinder 2.0. It allows us to understand the beauty and complexity of human talent. So for instance, there's the Myers-Briggs tool, which a lot of people have used throughout the years. I myself have used it, and I think it's very helpful. There's the Enneagram, which is also another, It's that one's kind of hot and sexy right now. The Enne- everyone's talking about the Enneagram. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's they're both worthwhile to take. There's others that are more expensive and more corporate, like the Hogan assessment. There's lots of stuff out there. 
the reason I keep coming back to StrengthsFinder is it allows us to see how complex we are. So when you might say on Myers-Briggs, where you're introvert or extrovert on certain scales, in strengths, we can say, man, I know someone who has woo and relator in their top five. So at some, in some circumstances, they enjoy intimate relationships that go very deep, but they also enjoy more uh building connections with strangers, which is woo, right? So it's relator is intimacy. Uh, woo is building connections, social connections across a variety of people. And that can exist in, all in one person at different circumstances. Does that make sense, Andrea? Yeah, it does. It does. And speaking of woo, that's one of my top five. That's right. (laughs) And that's why it's so fun to be around you, girl, because you bring enthusiasm that woo. Yes, yes. So I, I, you know, I know everybody is is just eager to hear, but my top five is activator, woo, strategic, Mm -hmm. achiever, and futuristic. And so your coaching has really helped me as an individual to understand those strengths and how they work together, but then also in a team environment as well. So I wanted to ask a quick question about how does this transition to a team dynamic? Because you've got the individual and then you've got the team. So I'm curious as to when you coach, you know, what is the benefits of both? Yes. Okay. And this is, this is a huge idea here, Andrea, that you're on to that. I think the way that Gallup, the way that Gallup markets Strengths Finder, it is about finding self awareness or building and investing in self awareness. But the rubber meets the road on strengths when you introduce this language in front of the people you work with or with the people you work with. So it's a journey that we take together as a team. And your strengths, Gallup says, your strengths develop in relationship to another human being. Now, let me tell you why this is profitable for us. Uh, to invest time and our energy into learning our strengths is because it helps us be more self-aware, meaning we're going to figure out how we are more successful. We have more energy. We, the ways that we feel like we can grow and we can have unlimited amounts of growth. Those are the areas of our strengths. But in a team setting, you'll see an increase of communication a decrease in conflict. You'll see an increase in collaboration. You see increases in partnership, which it's smart partnership. It's not partnership that just happens by the fact that I'm busy doing task ABC. I need you to do task XYZ, but it's more of a smart partnership of, hey, I have, we have all these tasks to do. Who gets strengthened by some of these activities and who gets drained by them? And how do we get smart about divvying up the workload so that when we leave at the end of the day, we feel energized and ready for the rest of our day with our families or um, our after work hours feel great. And we love coming to work the next day uh, because we're playing in a zone of our strengths. So that's really the the part that matters the most and, and why people hire me, right? As a strengths coach is because they want to have that conversation at work amongst teams. You know, you you said two words that I thought were interesting. You said, you know, drained or energized. And I, from a team dynamic, uh, we've seen that here at Sales Boost where we talk about each other's strengths and we even acknowledge when one of our strengths is, you know, potentially coming out more than another. And sometimes we get extremely, you know, excited about that because we're really enjoying what we're doing and it's giving us energy. But then there are times when we might acknowledge, I am not using my strengths and I, and I'm acknowledging it and I know it. And so here I need you, you know, team member could be anybody, but it could be somebody that we're reaching out because we know their strengths and we say, I need your help. And so we've we've seen that here at Sales Boost because that is a common conversation that we have when we use our strengths and they're working for us, but then using our strengths and they might be working against us. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's what I find so interesting about strength finders is they can be your top five strengths and you've got 34, but you you really focus on your top five and you want to know what those drivers are, but then you also have to be aware when they're potentially being, I don't know what you want to call it, a detriment to your productivity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So let me tell you in the 
context of a story. Okay. So, and actually this is, I can make it a sales boost story because I remember this vividly from our first session of the leadership team at Sales Boost. We discovered that a lot of this team, the leadership, the original three people of Sales Boost had a ton of influencing strengths, right? And they were movers and shakers and have broad social networks and love to get things done through other people. And we had less strength in the area of executing. So I'm referring right now to the strengths domains and, and Andrea and I both have worked in this long enough to know this, but if you're maybe introduced to this for the first time, all the strengths are organized into four different domains, strategic thinking, executing, influencing, and relationship building. And sales booth started out super influential. And I remember you guys telling me stories about how difficult it is to kind of get in the grind of execution. And so you told me that you had to have blocked out time on your calendar where we don't talk to each other. We put headphones on or we work from home or whatever it is. So we're not, we're not tempting ourselves to influence and woo and talk to each other, but we're focused on getting proposals sent, emails answered, the execution list things like, you know, knocked off the list. And that is an example of strength. It does not mean that you can't do execution. It just means that that's probably not your first choice of activities to do because you feel the drain of it. But then once you're done with the drain part of doing the thing you do, go fill your bucket and go be resilient in your area of strength, because that's the stuff that feeds your energy. Now, I want to also point out, Andrea, that we know we know that sometimes our strengths can be turned up so high they weaken us. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, let's talk about it, please. This is, this is, this is a <laughs> every secret. one of the strengths. This and maybe we can go through a few of them, yeah. you know, as examples of ways people get weakened by something that's in their top five. And, and it's because our sometimes our biggest strength or our biggest weakness is our, our strength and, a, and perhaps like a blind spot to what our, how our strengths are affecting us. So I want to tell you a different story about an executive female that I work with who has the strength of command in her top five. She's not at sales boost. Okay. So she's totally different, (laughs) but she had had a 360 done on, well, HR has, was helping through coaching with her Mm -hmm. and they did a 360 for her. And when she came into contact with me, the executive coach, we were reviewing her 360 results that came from her peer group, as well as the people who report to her. And I also asked her to take the strengths finder. The strengths finder revealed to us that she had command. In her content from her 360, it talked about the fact that she she was very directive and assertive in certain environments and made people feel like they weren't heard. Okay. But she was hired at this executive level to get things done, to execute on a change management plan. So she, in her mind, was thinking, I see the future and I want us to get there. I see clearly how to get there. And I need to lead these other people who have been working here for years on how to get there. The problem was her command was sort of in isolation and it wasn't warmed up in time with any of the relationship building strengths. And she was using it a little too sharply. So using it very fast and direct, let's go do X, Y, Z and not slowing it down to say, wait, I have to build relationship first because then she began to start breaking trust everywhere across the organization. Does that make sense? It does. It's That's an example of command kind of running amok and needing to slow down and balance itself out. Because people want to follow someone who is confident, absolutely, and decisive. That's a value. But if it is happening kind of in isolation without perhaps a relationship building strength or without trust being built, you feel like you might be getting sold something that you don't want to buy. Yes. You know, it's interesting because I could see that also coming back to her, this executive And because command is so strong and she's, you know, full steam ahead, but then when she's not getting the results or the engagement that she's expecting, then that particular command becomes draining and frustrating. So it circles back when it's not used, right? Correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it, and you, you kind of bring up a good point when she doesn't see her command working like she has known it to work throughout her leadership career, it starts to apply even more pressure, right? So 
what I've learned in the 12 years of coaching this on a coaching strength on a very regular basis is that our stress level has a lot to do with how these strengths show up. So if you are feeling very stressed at work, your strengths feel more raw and less refined. And they're probably a little bit more unproductive because of that raw feeling of strength. So what that might look like for someone with analytical might be that they are suffering from analysis paralysis and they can't move forward because they're analyzing all the time. Or what it might look for with someone, I can take one that seems very kumbaya. Let's look at empathy or (laughs) harmony, where harmony, they get so kind of under stress, harmony may resist ever talking about conflict just to keep the peace, right? Instead of addressing something that is, that could be a situation that could be changed or improved by giving feedback, harmony might stay silent in that situation if it's under a lot of stress. Most of the time, harmony is building consensus and finding peace between two, building bridges, right, between two parties. But but under stress, it's going to look like ah, conflict avoidance. Yes. And so we got to be aware of those natural tendencies and talents and strengths we have and how they're working for us and keep them into the strengths zone versus allowing them to drain us or be unproductive for us. So I'm curious then, because oftentimes, you know, you find yourself and you are you know, going through the day to day and all of a sudden you are feeling that frustration, but how do you recognize when your strengths aren't necessarily at their fullest potential? How do you, how do, how do you stop yourself? Do you give tools and, and ways that people can say, aha, recognize, and then move into a different direction? What tools do, would you recommend? Well, let me just be honest and say that in 2012, I couldn't see the forest for the trees in my own strength set. Okay, so it it's not always easy for us to recognize when our strengths are getting in our way. And what I would say is you got to take time to evaluate and reflect on your experiences and if your strengths are playing to it and fully understanding your strengths. I would say that that's really important. You know, Socrates is coined with it, but there's that saying, know thyself, right? Know thyself, understanding where your motivation comes from, understanding what you find success in and what things drain you and what people drain you. Like, we're, you know, we're all uniquely wired And I've even gone to say, you know, we have hard wiring on some of our aspects of how we get things done and we're going to feel successful. We're going to feel accomplished and it has to do with our strengths. So if you feel, let me tell you, there are some indications. If you're feeling weak at work, if you feel yourself dreading going to work, if you feel yourself dreading interacting in certain conversations with people, if you feel yourself kind of in a fog of confusion, that might be a time where you go pause, you want to pause <laughs> life, get some reflection time, take some time for yourself, use some resources like StrengthsFinder and read through your report really, really closely and identify what is it that is causing me to not feel like I'm firing on all cylinders? And let me tell you, there's golden moments in our careers where we are firing on all cylinders, but we're not going to stay there, right? Andrea, we know this. We know that we're not going to stay at those, you know, firing on all cylinders forever. There's golden moments and there's valleys we have to trudge through. Yes. Right. And so some that's seasonal, right, for new parents going back to work or people who are caretakers of others like this is a that's a really difficult season of life. But overall, if, if nothing's going on like that and you feel yourself kind of in that seat, that fog of confusion, it could be that you're not playing to your strengths. OK, so so you mentioned something interesting about career, uh, you know, advancement. And so I wanted to ask your advice if somebody is, because you, you have those golden moments, right? But you might have mm-hmm. some ebbs and flows based on what's happening and et cetera. But if you are an individual who is ready for a career move, it could be career advancement. How can you use your strengths for upward movement for career advancement? What advice do you give to those who are looking for that next step? 
Oh, I love this question. This is my, this is my thing I love to work on, right? Like this is what I get. It's my maximizer loves this. Okay. This is what we do. We utilize our strengths to understand what our value proposition is, right? So, and what I mean by value proposition is, man, what does, for instance, Kathy Kirsten bring to the table and what am I truly looking to learn in the next role in context of my larger career trajectory? trajectory. Now, if you think, I don't know what I want to be with that when I grow up, that's okay. You don't have to have that answered, but you do want to move into a great spot, your career progression. You want to move into a great spot where you are learning something new, uh, stretching new muscles, but you also know that you're going to be playing to your strengths even more. So what I always like to have people do is to write a value proposition for themselves. And that might look like you take your top five strengths, you kind of put them in your own words, and you say, this is the reason why Kathy Kirsten is successful. And it's based on those strengths. And then you think about work experiences that have helped you stretch and be successful in those areas and how they can apply to your future growth. And then you start offering that value proposition to anyone who will listen, right? So now I'm kind of moving on to like, let's activate on it, right? But that means sharing your value proposition. Some people call this personal brand too, but value proposition with others. So they know like Kathy is the gal who connects people to their work through their innate talents. And she's exceptional and insightful about helping people realize their genius and then getting paid for it and seeing the steps to get there. So I'm sort of telling you my own proposition, but that (laughs) that's what I I want people to realize there is power in this self-awareness piece that leads to really nice engagement in your career progression. I love that. I love that value proposition. And it's also about putting yourself out there and talking about it and making it a reality. And that I think the two combined will start creating an energy behind it for those who are looking for that next step. Now, do you see a difference between the strengths, um, I mean, men and women? Let's just talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you you see strength finders being used differently in men versus women related to career growth? I'm just curious as to about the gender difference and using strength finders. So, Andrea, the difference between males and females, there are some differences. And the data that I just referenced in my, I I went and looked in because I've got input number two. I went and looked at my files. And when Gallup crossed the 20 million mark on who had taken the strengths finder, there were some differences between males and females. But the thing that's the same is we both share the same number one, which is achiever. So that's interesting, right? We all have achiever. We love to get things done. Yes. But where we see some differences are that um, women have higher amounts of responsibility. So for the female population, responsibility is number two. And for the male population, responsibility is number four. Now, is that meaningful? I don't know. But I think that the next thing I'm about to tell you kind of adds more color that makes it meaningful. So if you say, um, if you look at responsibility, it's surrounded in the female, let's say top seven with other relationship building themes like empathy and harmony. So females have more empathy and harmony. Men in the top seven themes have a lot more strategic thinking, analytical, restorative, ideation, strategic. Women have relator, learner, empathy, harmony. Okay. So does this make sense to you how this all, they both have, we both have achiever. We both have responsibility, but it shapes, it's very much shaped by what else is around it. Mm -hmm. So when you think about women in the workplace, aren't we typically seeing that women share kudos when we get things done? Like we say words like we got it done versus men who say, I got it done. And when we think about moving forward in the workplace or or just showing up at work, we're bringing more relationship energy to it, Uh, empathy and harmony and relator, where men bring more analytical processing to it. Like it's more black and white for it, 
for men than it is for women. So when you think about that at the highest level, that means we're great partners and we need to partner for these things because not that women aren't smart and that men are heartless. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that for the most part, our our gender does play a difference in the way our strengths show up. Totally. Yes. Okay. I appreciate you for clarifying <laughs> and talking through that. It is very interesting. Now you have a mantra that yeah. I wanted to tap into and have you talk about, and that is obey your strengths. In fact, you have a podcast that's actually uh, named Obey Your Strengths. So how did you get into that mantra? And tell us a little bit about what you're, you're working on in your podcast experience. Oh, man. Okay, yes. That, that mantra came from my strengths mentor. Uh, his name is Graham Weston. And he is the ultimate in strengths. He's the ultimate in being a strengths evangelist because of Graham Weston. I would say 35,000 on a very conservative number, 35,000 people have discovered their strengths. Really? He, yeah, he not only, um, has inspired, you know, the whole organization of Rackspace to adopt strengths finder, but also helping other nonprofits across San Antonio, an entire school district is strength-based because of him and his funding and his vision. Uh, he is, and it's kind of taken off like wildfire. So it's when I say 35,000 conservative, I think that's like pretty safe conservative okay. uh, number to throw out there. But he is a strengths guru. And one day uh, when I was leading employee engagement at Rackspace, we, I had a meeting with him. I went to talk to him about something that we were seeing happening in our culture. We were seeing a lot of attrition of veteran employees, employees who had been there for, um, you know, 10 years at the time. So that sounds crazy because like, what? That's not very old, not a long, long tenure, but in a startup company, right? Like 10 years what meant at that point from the, the early days, the beginning. Yes. And we were seeing people leave. And he, he boldly told me, Kathy, there's three reasons people leave organizations. And it's either they were um, stolen from another, from us for another reason, right? Like another company came and recruited them and poached them from us or, um, that they are on going on their own odyssey to go start new companies or become entrepreneurs. That's the reason I left or they stopped obeying their strengths. And it, when he said they stopped obeying their strengths, I thought that's not what Gallup says. Gallup says playing to your strengths. So I said, Graham, tell me more about obeying your strengths. What does that mean? And he said, every one of your strengths is hungry to be fulfilled in some way. And if you don't feed what your strength needs, you're going to be miserable and you're going to go look for something else. So some of these people have either been promoted to an area that is outside of their strengths and they're not playing to their strengths or they just haven't been conscious conscious about um, like making sure they're investing in their strengths and staying in their strengths zone. By the way, if you want to receive practical tips about how to maximize your knowledge and expertise, subscribe to our blog at salesboost.com backslash launchpad or contact info at salesboost.com for a live demo today. And so that was kind of an aha moment for me that your strengths aren't just there to make you feel good. And this is like happy psychology. You know, this is positive psychology. This has a real motivation factor to it that drives a lot of life decisions, right? And so we talked about examples of major players within the rack space culture who had walked out the, the door and they maybe even jumped ship before they had another um, job offer because they couldn't hand, they couldn't stand being at work every day and not obeying their strengths. So for instance, you know, competition, they, those folks with competition love to compete and they love to compete with the best of the best. And if they, you know, fight their way up to the top of the dog pile and there's no other competition around them, life gets boring. Life gets unexciting. They start looking for where can I find the real competitors because I've made it to the top. That's a key thing that says, oh, com com competition people have to compete. Learners have to learn. Do you know that in Rackspace, one of the number uh, one strengths 
beyond achiever was uh, it's like number two was learner. So what that meant was that we had an organization full of people who wanted to change jobs every 18 months to two years. Yeah. Right. People who are like, I've done this job now long enough to figure it out. And now I'm ready for the next challenge. And in order to keep that that happening to them. Luckily we're in technology. So you're always improving technological stuff. Yes. But otherwise they're just bored and that boredom shows up in a way that is not quite as, I mean, it's more nuanced than like I come to work and I'm bored. It's more like, Oh, my project, you know, I don't really, I'm having a hard time staying motivated doing the same repetitive tasks or, Oh, you know, my boss doesn't, like me, or I don't get paid enough, or I can't stand my teammates, whatever. And really all it is, is lack of a sexy project to engage the learner. And I think that's important to know if you're a manager, that you got to help feed your people's strengths. So that's where Obey Your Strengths came from, is that we need to recognize that you have motivation. And if you're going to be the best self that you're at, you got to be feeding that motivation. And I think that's a journey that we all go through in life. Every one of us has to learn, man, where do I get my motivation from and how do I use it to my advantage for, or it was going to take me down? Yeah, You know, I like how you say feeding your strengths because they are your triggers. They are the light. They are the, the boost of energy. And so when you're not feeding, you know, your strengths, then you could see it kind of wilting away. So I like that obey your strengths is really making sure that you're feeding into them. And so it leads into the, the next question I have, because you, you do have your own consulting business. And before, mm-hmm. before I go on, just tell us real quick about the name of your consulting business and the organizations that you work with, like Sales Boost. Uh, if you can give yeah. us a little bit of a snapshot. Certainly. So my organization is called Kirsten Consulting. There's really nothing fancy or special about that, but I love to work with teams executive teams, any, really any team, but my favorite thing to do is work with teams, executive teams who are trying to build something. Um, So I come in and help the teams understand and take inventory of the human talent that's on their team and how to organize themselves and to leverage their talent so that everyone is, is providing as much strength to the mission of the organization as possible. A lot of that has to do So there's a team setting, right? But a lot of that happens in the one-to-one conversations that I have with team executives or or with team leaders or even with any employee. I mean, I guess if I can think of it, that I love to help people go think through their value proposition and say, okay, what is the contribution you're making to this team and what's needed from the team? And is there an alignment there so that you are providing what the team needs? And if you're not, how do we get you to the point that you are providing for the team? So that's where my work has come from. I've worked all across many, many sectors because most of my business has been word of mouth. But I would say that the technology sector happens to be where I play best. You know, like I consider Sales Boost a technology company. Absolutely. (laughs) You're a technology company in the hospitality industry. But it's it's where there is a culture of, hey, we're going to do really cool stuff. And we need two plus two to make five, right? We don't need two plus two to to equal four. So we need two plus two to equal five or six or seven, because we're in that energy of creation. And that's where technology takes us. And so that's really the fun space that I work in. But I've also done some work with universities, as well as nonprofits across San Antonio, Austin area, because I'm located in Texas. And I've seen differences between strengths, you know, like nonprofit is filled with people who are mission driven, belief, responsibility, very relationship oriented and tech, the tech space has more of the engineering, analytical, restorative. And it's really fun to kind of play in both of those worlds. But that's, that's what I've been doing for the last seven years. So whether you're established organization looking to really make a change or whether you are, you know, a new organization fresh and looking to really set a culture seems to be where you really make a big impact. And so I do have a question about organizations because you really get in there and you're able Mm -hmm. to dissect. What do you say, what do you see are the biggest issues today with organizations and their human capital. What are organizations facing with issues regarding human capital? 
Absolutely. I would say that most organizations who are not taking time to strategize how they work together are the ones that are going to have the hardest time surviving, mm-hmm. right? Because we can be, we can have a fantastic product. We can deliver a great service, but if we are internally battling about what, how we're going to work together or how we're going to move into the future, we're going to fail. So I get really passionate about seeing executive leadership teams making investments in how people are working together and building relationships in the organization versus just focusing on what the market is telling us to do, how we react to our competitors, what we are doing for our customers and building, building, building without having a strong foundation of humans that are going to actually deliver great work. And sometimes we get in our own way. Um, I'm working with a, 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 well, they're a household name uh, because they sell a product that we all use, Mm -hmm. but they're a fairly small company. And I have challenged this leader very recently in the last four or five months that it's time for him to treat his business as if it's going to last longer than him, right? So he he, he carries a huge load. He does amazing work. We love the product. Everyone loves the product. But the company, if you go deeper than just if you scratch beyond the surface, you'll see that he doesn't rely on his leadership team nearly as much as he should. He doesn't have some stability. If he gets hit by the Mack truck tomorrow, they're going to take a hit. And there's nothing. Those folks who are there to support him now really aren't being embraced. Not it's because and it's because he has responsibility and his top five strengths. He is owning way too much and doesn't want to overload them. But I think they're ready for it. So I'm pushing him. Hey, let's have a strategic session. Let's understand what does it look like if you have are taken out for six months to go take care of a loved one or or um, to just do or you're going to retire, whatever it is. Like, let's figure out what's going to create sustainability. So, Andrea, that's the question that you asked uh, or that I think is my answer to that question is that's one of the biggest risks is a shaky foundation at the leadership team level. You know, it goes back to here at Sales Boost, which you've helped us really set this tone and the stage for is bringing your best self is another you know mantra that we have that you've helped with. It does start with the individual in order to be able to make the organization, you know, thrive and grow and move into the future. So, you know, everything changes and so must we. I'm wondering, do your strengths change? Ah, that's a great question. I believe they do. So what one thing that I tell people, but I, I, I say I believe they do, but I don't think they change a ton. Okay. But what I would say is if you could afford your strengths finder full 34 list, it is so worth it to give that gift to yourself. Because this is what I would say. When I look at my full 34 strengths, I own my top 12 or 15 strengths. And I say, man, these things make me feel energized. I'm really good at them. I can't focus on all of them, of course, but I know that there are tools in my toolkit I can use at any time. And then I also see the bottom 15, right? And I say, ugh, these things, I'm not, I'm, I, I can do them, but they don't make me feel super jazzed when I'm coming to work to use them. But I know I need to find partnership for them. And then I go focus back on the top, right? And I say, like today, recording this podcast with you, Andrea, I'm not really using strategic input learner, belief maximizer, as much as I'm probably using <laughs> communication, which is number seven, woo, which is number 10, right? Um, individualization, which is number six. Like, you know, it's all these, it's realizing that some days you come and you're, you're using a different role and that's what the strength you're using. Anyway, that, that, that's kind of the geek way of saying all that, that it's going to change. And let me tell you, as you grow in your career, particularly if you're choosing the path of management and leadership, you have to change your strengths in a way that works better for others. So here's an example. Many startup founders have Activator in their top five or 10 strengths. Oh, yeah. Number <laughs> one, Kathy. Number one. Okay, so let me sort of do some. Are you willing to be vulnerable? I'm completely ready. <laughs> Bring it on. On your own podcast. Yes. As you have 
um, grown in your career, Andrea, haven't you noticed where you've had to slow your activator down to bring other people along on your ideas versus just executing on them because you don't want to keep changing the plan for people? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Very I mean, much. the, and, and, the day that, and, yeah, and, 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 you know, it, it, uh, it can be painful when you have to slow down if that's a, a strength. I would also say, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, it could also feel really, really good when, when it works. So, but keep going because activators in there. And I would also stay, say that achievers in there as well, Kathy. That's right. So you got a double whammy, girl. You got a double whammy of achiever activator. Like, let's get it done. Let's start right now. <laughs> like, much. you can catch an idea and bring it to fruition like no other person, yeah. which is fantastic. Except if you lead an organization, right, where people are already invested, spent hours of work going in one direction, and you come over and go, wait, stop. We're going to U turn and go some other direction. They're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Um, you know, and, and realizing that sometimes we take a wider turn versus a, a, an about face, right? Like you slow it down. But yeah, I mean, I think it's energizing for you to start things. So you'll, you'll always start things. You just have to make sure that you're not wearing people out as you're starting new things, right? Activator? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny too, because that's why I was always very, engaged in strength finders and it's I'm glad that you started talking about you know your top 12 so it's not just your top five that you should focus on because you have those 34 but when you dig a little bit deeper somehow some way these other strengths are playing into what you do but when you do change your career and you move into a leadership role I was curious as to do those strengths change and so what I'm hearing you say is yeah they probably do they're playing themselves in maybe a different way. Some are heavier than they were before, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you get to strength. I think our brain is a muscle. So the more you work certain aspects of your brain and the more you practice, the more refined you're going to get. It's just like our biceps, right? If I were to send or spend all day doing curls, bicep curls, I'm going to have a pretty awesome looking bicep. And I, I want you to think about your brain that way, that you have muscles there. Those are your strengths. You can apply them and you can work in that area and you're going to feel even stronger. The world tells us to focus on what you're not good at. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think we're changing. I think it's better now than it ever was. But I think that the world overall tells us that you're not enough and you don't have what it takes or you should go learn and grow in the areas of your weaknesses versus saying, hey, you've got a really great serving of some talents. Go invest in those. So, Andrea, like taking back to your activator years, I bet you heard more than once. Slow down, Andrea. Slow down. Slow down right? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you heard it. And if that would have, if, if we could have gone back to your childhood and said, instead of saying slow down, like, wow, you have really great gut instinct. Look how you took, you jumped on that idea and you got things done. And even though if you didn't hit the finish line, as we anticipated, you learned something, mm -hmm. right? I like see that's a totally that. different conversation. And I think that we're getting there in the world to have more of those conversations. But yeah, it's like your strengths are going to grow. Do you want them to grow to help you? Or do you want to go focus on those bottom strengths where you're not going to grow nearly as much? You're just going to grow enough to be decent, right? So I want to be world class. I don't want to be decent. I love that philosophy. And I think that that is going to be a game changer, especially not only just for individuals, but for organizations. If you can really push on what drives you and what makes you successful, then you're going to find success, you know, profoundly at a higher degree than absolutely than had you would when you have to, oh, you have to work on this, you have to work on this versus let's push up these areas that you have shown a lot of strength and interest. So, okay, so I've got a couple of other questions before we do some conclusion here. Okay. And wanted to ask for you, what do you think personally and professionally, you know, for you, where you're going today, where do you think that strength finders and your coaching has helped you? Is there some lessons learned that you have had personally and professionally? 
Oh my gosh, can I just talk about, yes. <laughs> can I just talk about perhaps, maybe this is a, well, this isn't a female thing because I talk to enough men to know that it exists in both of us, but the self-criticism drain, okay? So at, in, my in my work as a coach, okay. I hear people often not giving themselves enough credit for their own unique talents. And I also hear people that are being inc incredibly critical of themselves, and then it limits their opportunities. It limits their uh, faith in themselves. And that's one thing that I have learned in the last seven years of really focusing in on coaching is that, and, and also trying to grow my own business, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm trying to grow a business. I want to provide for my family as if I lived in a corporate, I still live in the corporate days, right? So I want to operate at a really high level. And I can hear the self-criticism of where I should be, but I'm not yet. And man, I don't really know how to build this business like another person over there is building their business. The criticism that we have in our heads and I replace it with my strength-based words, right? So one thing that I've learned to do very well is to find a strength-based reason for a weakness or a reason something didn't go right. So let me give you an example. Yes. If I'm in conflict about a situation, I step back and take a look at what my strengths are telling me, how that situation should have gone. And then I ask myself questions of, well, is it because your maximizer expected more than you communicated around how the outcome would look? Or is it that you expected the other person to um, think through all the what ifs and they didn't see the what ifs like you see the what ifs and did they move forward without you? or what you didn't give them good enough direction. So I'm always taking a little bit of responsibility for it, but I'm also realizing my strengths, or if, I, if I'm lucky enough to have their top five, I say, okay, is it that your responsibility strength took on way too much and you couldn't deliver, So you and you feel terrible about it, but you ultimately didn't deliver on the commitment you made to me? And now you feel bad about it. Now I want to give you more grace, right? Like now, instead of being mad at you, I'm like, I'm sorry you didn't do this, but let, like, let's, I'll give you more time. I mean, it's just so funny how strengths can help me realize like people are not bad people. People see the lens through their strengths. And a lot of times they're very self-critical. Unfortunately, sorry, I have lots of stories. I love, keep them coming, keep them coming. Okay. <laughs> One more. Um, a young lady found me through, found me to be a coach for her. And she was in the middle of a transition. She had gotten out of, let me just say, let me be totally transparent. She'd been fired from her last position, which was a stretch position. She was in a, the, the position prior, she was a very comfortable place as a solid performer, a high achiever. She decided to take a step in her career into a stretch role in a different organization. And it looked like it was going to be all success when she went into it. When she got there, she realized why the organization was struggling, why her position was open, because the last person had floundered under the leader she was working for. I mean, there, in, in discovery, with talking with her, it sounded like it was a really toxic workplace where the leader um, was, was power mongering, right, and, and had a hard time letting anyone be successful. And she ended up getting fired nine months into her role there, wow. and she found herself in a very negative place. And so when she came to me and our, our paths crossed as her coach, we spent some time healing and then building her confidence back up so that she could go for the next role. Because Andrea, what it looked like at that point was she couldn't see, she, she knew it was toxic, but she owned way too much of the failure and couldn't remember what her strengths were. Mm. And so I kind of, we, we did lots of intensive coaching. Like we were talking one hour a week for weeks where we would, let's go back to all the areas you've been successful. Let's go back to your strengths. Tell me stories of where you felt super strong. Tell me stories of success. And then we had to replace that inner critic, right? That had experienced real failure yes. 
in with a confident voice of saying, no, who I am, I'm an organizer. This person has discipline and achiever in her top five. She is the kind of person who can, um, she loves taking on things people say that can't be done. She's like, watch me, right? Watch me do it. She had had up until that point had like that attitude in her life. And then it had been sucked out of her because she failed in that one position. So we silenced the critic put back some confidence language based on strengths and then start looking for roles where she was going to be put to work doing her value proposition. And that was what helped her get energy. And then I got, you know, that's the beauty of this. Six months later, I get an email and she's like, Kathy, I'm so happy. I just have to tell you about where I am right now. Your name crossed my mind. I had to send the email and I'm like, Oh, like I feel like my purpose in life is totally there. This is what I do. And then he's like, and by the way, my husband's miserable at his job. So will you talk to him too? <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, so I, I goes back to that muscle memory you were talking about because at Sales Boost, our product, our solution is all about building muscle memory and that retention. And you're exercising strengths whether it be your own or getting others to see them on a daily basis. And so your muscle memory related to that language and really asking those questions seems to me is extremely high. So what I'm getting from all of this too is in order to really use your strengths, whether it be your top five or all all 34, is really maximizing that muscle memory, using it, making that be a part of your daily conversation with yourself, but then also going back and looking at that value proposition. I think that that is is a a huge win for, for all of us here, but then also our listeners is to make sure that they really work on their value proposition related to their strengths. I thought that was really good. Yep. I admire you sales boost people for growing other human beings. You're doing the good work. Keep going. We are. We love it. We love what we do with developing people and helping people be their best at what they do, which is, again, why we love partnering with you. So we've got a couple of concluding questions for you, Kathy. Okay. All right. So tell us if you, I don't know if I know the answer to this one, but I love to ask it. If you could put a message today on a billboard, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Okay. My word, and this might my, my billboard, and it would probably change like next week, but for now, right now, I would put you were made for this. Nice. From God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. You're made for this from God. Yes. Love it. And so a couple of other things related to strength finders because we've, yeah. we've talked about this being a fundamental uh, foundation of of your coaching. If somebody wanted to go forward and determine what their strengths are, how do they begin? Where do they go? Easy. Okay. So what you got to do? Super simple. Go on Amazon, buy a Strengths Finder 2.0 book. Okay. Okay. That book will come with a code in the back. It's going to be. It's going to run you about 20 bucks. It's the best spent money you can do for your own self-improvement. And then take the assessment. It's about 45 minutes of questions. It's 178 different questions. And then you will get your top five strengths immediately. Then I want you to share those strengths, your report, read through it yourself, but then share it with someone who's very close to you, a spouse, your manager, uh, your coworkers, and say, hey, does this sound like me? And hear them react to your own report. Like most of the time they're like, oh, yes, this is totally you. And now that I know this about you, now I know why you always do that thing that drives me crazy or that drives me happy or whatever. You know, the thing I love about you is that you do this now. That is where you're already getting down that strengths journey. And then remember that, you know, you're, it's a strengths journey. So once you create, you know, you find these things out about yourself, you have to remember them. So be intentional about investing in your strengths, catching yourself, using your strengths, putting it on your goal sheet to use your strengths in certain tasks and activities. And you'll find yourself, you know, getting more energized as you use your strengths more often. 
we use them without thinking about them. But when we're, when we're intentional about using them, that's when you see the real energy boost come at work and in life is when you know you're using them and you're being intentional about creating more strength in your life. So that's the, that's what I would, the tips I would give on starting out a strengths journey. To get it started. You know what I did based on our conversations that we've had, Kathy, I actually bought it for my family as a Christmas gift. And gave it to a lot of, you know, obviously grandmas and grandpas and sisters and brothers and even to my kids. And it was such a fun exercise. So I do say, go out and do it. Don't waste another minute. Find your strengths. And so one of the other questions is, how do we go and find you? Because getting that one-on-one coaching, the executive coaching, or for your organization, it is been such a huge impact in our culture. Thank you, by the way, for all that you do for us. How do we go about finding you? Well, you are, uh, Sales Boost is one of my favorite organizations to work with because it's a lot of dynamic getter dunners. Like, you know, y'all are fantastic. So it's really my honor to get to work with you. You can find me. And if since you're listening to podcasts, you could go find my podcast yes. called Obey Your Strengths, right? And you'll get to hear lots of other inspirational stories from entrepreneurs and leaders and strength evangelists, just like Greta Brooks. I have a Greta Brooks sales boost uh, episode. Yes, you do. Or at kathykirsten.com or obeyyourstrengths.com. Both of those things point back to me. If you're wanting more resources, reach out to me. I am I, I try to be as available as possible. That's not about hire, right? Like, of course I am for hire, but I really just want people to be on the journey of strengths. Uh, whether you are hiring a coach or not, it's going to be a, a wonderful gift you give to yourself. Thank you for that. And by the way, your podcast is fantastic. You have such amazing guests. So we're learning a lot from you on this. And okay, a couple of final questions. These are fun. We'll just kind of okay. do a little bit of a rapid fire here. So any recent books that you've read that you want to recommend to those listening? Oh, yes. Okay. So the book I'm reading right now is a super easy read and it's called Attitude is a Choice by Sam Glenn. It's full of quotes and it's about choosing your attitude, choosing the thoughts you think uh, so that you can feel better and do better and be more creative. So that's my, that's the one I'm reading right now. It's really good. I I suggest it. It's an easy read. Good. Okay. So who are you following on social, whether it be an influencer or maybe an organization that you think is doing good things? Okay. So social, my favorite follow on Instagram right now is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. That woman has an incredible entrepreneurship story. She's crazy. She does the funnest things. She's got a load of kids. So it's really fun just to see like what her day-to-day life is because she posts a lot. But she's such an inspiration because she really is the type of entrepreneur who started in her living room and has turned it into a billion-dollar business. I mean, there's nothing more inspiring than that. Another person I love to follow is, is a lady by then on Instagram is lady by Mignon Francis okay. Francois maybe I don't know I might be saying her name wrong um, but she is the cupcake collection founder and she talks about bringing joy to life and so she's got a huge smile across her face every day and she just makes me happy sounds like a really positive person I'll be following her Sarah Blakely I follow her as well so thank you for that uh-huh. okay and uh, let's see here a couple other fun things. What's your favorite color? Oh, my favorite color is turquoise. Okay. What's your favorite? Absolutely. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, anything Mexican. <laughs> uh, but I do have a specific, okay, I do have a specific place. If you're ever in San Antonio, Texas, and you want good Tex-Mex, go to Alamo Cafe and get a puffy taco. And just eat plenty of tortillas. I mean, the tortillas are amazing at Alamo Cafe. Tell them Kathy Kirsten sent you. Will do. (laughs) I love that. And last but not least, I just wanted to make sure and say, what's your favorite saying? Oh, my favorite saying. Oh, that's such a good one. Have faith. Have faith. Love it. Well, Kathy, it has been 
So fun and such a pleasure to have you on our Sales Boost podcast. So thank you so much for your time and for your intelligence and for your strength guiding conversation today. Oh, Andrea, you did a great job being a podcaster. Your future is bright. You made this very easy for me. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. I look forward to our one-on-one coaching soon. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to our Sales Boost podcast. We always learn from our guests and find inspiration from their stories. We hope you do too. You can listen to more of our Sales Boost podcasts and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or access directly from salesboost.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Sales Boost, contact us at any time at info at salesboost.com. And stay tuned for next week. We will talk with Greta Brooks, the founder and CEO of Sales Boost. Greta will share her top 10 ways to be innovative, which will no doubt be a fun and brilliant discussion. On behalf of all of us at Sales Boost, thanks for listening.